Welcome, Blissful Parenting family. I'm your host, Michelle Abraham, and I'm very excited today. We have two guests with us uh, from Build a Biz Kids. So we have Leah Koss and Braden Ricketts. And Leah is the president of Build a Biz Kids, which is a nonprofit society helping kids launch their own businesses. How cool is that? So Leah is also the co-founder and CEO of the Fuel Academy, which is another project they're working on, which is a business incubator and academy providing experiential learning in entrepreneurship, social impact, and innovation for youth. Lee is a professional speaker on mindset and soft skill development in youth and adults. And Braden Ricketts is the vice president of build a -Biz Kids, which, is, which I just said is the nonprofit organization that they run, and also the co-founder of the Fuel Academy. And Braden has got a background in career counseling, and single parenting, Brain is a professional high-fiver who aims to empower children to believe that they can make a difference and inspire them to take the action on their ideas. Now, I've known you guys for a while, and it's been very cool to see this build a biz come from idea to fruition, and it just seems like it's just taking off. So I'm very excited to introduce you guys to our Blissful Parenting audience out there because it's just one of those things, obviously, as an entrepreneur myself, dear to my heart and I think it's so fantastic what you guys are doing so welcome to the show guys yeah I'm so excited to be here thanks for having us no problem so let's just get started guys like where did this idea come from because I've heard now so many people over the past few years you guys working on this project saying oh my gosh what a great idea guys like this is such a fantastic idea for kids I want my kids to learn this so where did this all start for you guys well, I suppose with um, specifically for us, I mean, I've been a serial entrepreneur as well myself since graduating college. I actually used to sell franchises for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and that was my first exposure to, to even realizing entrepreneurship was an option. Uh, growing up, I think for a lot of us, our option is stable government job, stable other job, and then people who are entrepreneurs were either born into it or they kind of fell into it by accident or something. And there was never really this idea that you could do it on purpose. So um, Braden and I, um, Braden was at a point where he'd been working with YWCA, which is a nonprofit society where he did a lot of program development, project management and career um, development for people in need. Um, but he was looking for what is that next step? He wanted to help in a bigger capacity and with my entrepreneurial background, the stars kind of aligned, and um, I met up with an old entrepreneur friend from 1-800-GOT-JUMP, so this is 15 years later, and she developed this incredible curriculum that helps kids look at entrepreneurship as an option, and for us, it just clicked, it made sense with Ethan, our 10-year-old, um, he was at that, I guess at the time, he was 9, 10, 8, 9, somewhere around there, and we realized that the school systems are providing them with a certain type of education, but that he was still falling into the same rut that we were, that entrepreneurship wasn't really an option on the table. And uh, what we always tell people as well, what we're teaching, yes, is entrepreneurship, but it's really the skills that the students are getting through entrepreneurship that's gonna help to guide them through making any large choice in their life. So um, to make a long story long, how we fell into it is it made sense. Uh, the opportunity arose. 
and they say good luck is when opportunity meets preparation and I myself felt like I've been preparing for it my whole life. This is my way of paying forward and frankly living vicariously through every single student that takes our program. That's awesome guys. That's such a great uh, way that your program started and it's interesting that you went into entrepreneurship Leah and it's funny because uh, Brayden is actually my brother. I'm just going to say that to everyone on the audience. Brayden and I are brother and sister and how we grew up being entrepreneurs uh, well, seeing an entrepreneur, our father was an entrepreneur, like total serial entrepreneur. So for me, I, I always knew I wasn't going to be employed. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but Brayden chose to be employed uh, throughout his years. And it's funny how we, we were talking about this the other day, how we had this very similar uh, experiences in jobs and business and then it's interesting to see now he's an entrepreneur as well so it doesn't mean that you have your entrepreneurial parents are gonna have entrepreneurial kids or your work uh, stable job parents are gonna not have entrepreneurial kids so you never know what's gonna happen I love what you guys said about you know the program being uh, different skill sets so uh, Brayden, I know you're the facilitator in the program. What are some of the skill sets that you've seen the kids come out of the program with? As the facilitator, my aim, my sole purpose with facilitating the program really is to get the kids to believe in their ideas, that they have the power in themselves to actually take action on their ideas, to make a difference, to do something that they want to do. They don't have to wait to be told it's okay. So the skill sets that I look for are, you know, creativity, um, not accepting that a problem is the end of their creative process, but it's an opportunity for them to get more creative and get actually resourceful. So they learn some tenacity to be able to power through the barriers and objections that they might see, and then learning how to communicate their ideas. So having the actual skill set to go from, this is what I want to do, and explain it to their friends or especially adults that this is what I'm trying to achieve is a skill set that I think is going to empower these kids because their minds are brilliant, but getting people to buy in to what their ideas are is going to serve them long-term no matter what they decide to do. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are really setting them up for not just the financial literacy, but also like just other skills that are going to be so valuable in other parts of their lives. So what's, can you guys give us an example of a really great success story from your guys' program? Oh wow, we have so many. Um, <laughs> I have to go way back to the beginning. So we ought to think we're just launching. It's our first summer camp. We get a pair of brothers that come into our program. Never met them before. First week of camp. And they do our lemonade stand challenge. So this is a week-long camp where they learn the fundamentals of business by launching a lemonade stand on the last day. But throughout the week, they're learning how to communicate with marketing, how to test market to find out what is the best flavor of lemonade that's going to sell. They do their sales pitch. They learn their profit margins. It's exciting. The last day, they have their lemonade stand. And the brothers are out there. They're cheerleaders. They've got pom-poms going. They're getting lots of sales. The youngest one was really shy. But by the end of the day, he was the one talking to all these customers. This is also the first time these kids are experiencing no from a stranger. They're hearing strangers say, no, thank you. I don't want that. No, thanks. Why are you doing that? I don't need that. Uh, but they powered through, right? They didn't let that stop them. The week after that program ended, we got a picture from the parents sent to us by email of these two boys outside their home. They had launched a snow cone stand the week after. And what they had done is they had put out a sign saying all proceeds go to charity. They were raising money for Make-A-Wish Foundation. We then got a photo a few days later of them presenting the big check of the money that they had earned from their snow cone stand over to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. 
So for us to see these kids, you know, have fun in our program, that's fantastic. But what they went home and decided to implement on their own with their own ideas and wanting to help other people with their efforts means the world to us. That's, it's remarkable for us to see. And again, to make a long story long, the same child has now, uh, children, they now continue to go to other markets and they've donated so much money to the children's hospital that they are now an official fundraiser and they have their own children's hospital banner that goes and sits behind them when they're out at these market things. So we're pretty excited and proud to see what these kids do on their own. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. So Leah, can you just walk us through, like it sounds like you guys have this lemonade stand challenge um, program. So is that an after school program? That's a summer camp program. And you do you then continue on through the school year as well with the kids? You bet. So we have two, um, two companies, if you will, that are helping two different demographics. So Build It As Kids is for seven to 12 year olds. And those are module based. We want to give students that age a taste and just the understanding as well, even for parents, that it's not just a choice between do I want to be in dance class or do I want to be in soccer? You know, there's more than just those two aspects. And there's also something more than just the academic after school programs that are out there. So we have a 10 week program, which helps them to launch their own business and they're making their own real money. They are hearing no as Braden heard and they're going through every step in a very simple term on how to launch their own business over the course of those 10 weeks, including that four hour market day where they launch a pop-up shop and interact with the general public. So it's giving them a lot of skills, but it, that's a memory that they're gonna reflect on for many years to come. If anyone's taken junior achievement, uh, it's not uncommon that someone says, I remember the business that I started and I remember this one situation. So that's what we're doing is we're creating a very impactful memory. The other parts are for spring and summer camp. So those are a chance for kids that are maybe just wanting a taste of it. So the Lemonade Stand Challenge is like a one-week full-time boot camp uh, where the, the students are showing up for one week and launching a business in a team atmosphere, and we're really emphasizing social impact. And then we have other camps such as Inventors Paradise, for example, and that's focusing on just the first aspect of entrepreneurship. So they're not fully launching a business. What they're doing is they're really hammering in on finding and seeing problems in the world, their own problems, families' problems, world problems, figuring out multiple solutions, and then immediately taking action to make a prototype, and then doing it again. And the idea with the prototype is realizing there's never anything that's 100% done, nothing is ever 100% solved, and it's really getting their brain working into a problem-solving mode. We want these kids to we really want to make sure they don't grow up with that victim mentality. You know, talking about success stories, Violet, um, she continued as well to build her business at adult fairs, and she was selling jewelry. And, um, you know, there's other jewelers there, of course, who are adults selling really pretty stuff. And we had asked her at the end of the day, you know, how did you do? And she had sold a lot of bracelets, but she didn't sell a lot of earrings. And we said, well, what does that mean? And she said, it means I need to either change my price or I need to display them differently. But not once did she say, nobody's being nice to me today. Nobody likes my stuff. There was no victim mentality. Mm -hmm. So by doing these modules and summer camps, they're able to really hone in on those specific avenues of entrepreneurship or a particular soft skill that we're really trying to do. The Fuel Academy though, that's for 13 to 19 year olds, and that's where we're not just focusing on entrepreneurship. In fact, it's not entrepreneurship at all. There's just modules where they're doing entrepreneurial aspects. We're really focusing on social impact, um, innovation, those manifest through all sorts of things from charity fundraising, volunteering, starting a business, but also just making a difference. 
feeling that empowerment that they are one person, but as one person can make significant impact and they're going to be able to see that, um, you know, before graduation, which is very exciting. Yeah, I imagine the 13 and 19 year olds, that's a perfect demographic to get those guys into, you know, seeing there's more into the world out there than themselves and getting them exposed to the things like volunteering and, and social impact. That's amazing. I know for me, uh, Girl Guides did that for me during my years. And I had I not had a good group of friends and Girl Guides, I probably wouldn't have stayed in it through my teens. Um, and I did, and I'm glad I did because that opened so many doors with all the volunteering that we were doing and the social impact things that we were doing as well. I can't imagine like how if I graduated from high school without any of that experience, I would have been a lot harder to get jobs. And also just, you know, the skills you learn doing that you become, I imagine at the marketplaces, you see your kids really opening up from like maybe shy to, you know, then presenting their their products and services in the marketplace that must be a really great thing to see yeah. it's giving them perspective right uh, these kids live in a bubble and we were just commenting with you know kids going back to school and saying you know i want to be this when i grow up well to ask a child who's seven eight nine ten what do you want to be when you grow up they can maybe name ten things right in fact adults only can name so many things there's there's people in roles we have no idea exist and most of them, they created themselves, right? So it's really just giving them that perspective of the world, the people that are in it, the people they can help and the power that they have. That's awesome. So what can parents do to really, um, you know, say they say, hey, guys, want to go to this, you know, entrepreneurial kind of camp. And the kids are like, no, no, definitely not. I'd rather play my video games. What's some things that parents, us as parents can do to maybe inspire, promote, provoke, get the kids <laughs> interested in doing something like that well, on our agenda, of course. <laughs> you nailed it. A lot of the kids are motivated to join one of our programs because there is the potential to earn their own money, to take control and ownership of their financial abilities, to mm -hmm. see that there's opportunities all around them for them to make a dollar, and then that's their dollar to reinvest and grow their business or to spend, right? When they've earned it themselves, they have a little more freedom, but it also gives them that confidence that there is a freedom around them to inspire themselves to make a difference. So really it's social impact. social impact, helping those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we, there's so much in the news about millennials and, and how they're lazy and this and that, but when it really comes down to it, what it is, is millennials are just not willing to settle. They want to know that what they're doing is making an impact. And when you're looking at Gen Z and on all the generations coming up behind, um, and with social media the way that it is, you can't escape at least being touched by some of the things happening in the world. And kids are just naturally empathetic. I think over time we can tell them, you know, toughen up and stop crying, and that can be kind of deadened a little bit in there. But naturally they're very empathetic. And if they can help, they want to. In fact, even adults, if they know they have the power and they can help, as long as it doesn't interrupt their day too much, they want to help. And so we can capture these, these students at that young of age, and that's why we really hone in on the social impact that matters to them and give them that perspective, uh, then they want to take action. It's, I don't think anyone could disagree that when you feel like you've made a difference for somebody, whether it's holding the door open for them, helping them carry their groceries when you hadn't planned on doing something like that that day, it feels really good. And students will react to that. That's, that's positive 
incentive for them for sure. And if they can be exposed to it early, they'll want to keep doing it ongoing, just like the Make-A-Wish Foundation student that we had the very first camp that we had. Yeah, that's amazing. So now you guys have a son who has gone through these programs and now you've seen him at home and now you've seen him starting middle school this week. So what are some things that you've seen change in him just by participating in these programs? I have to tell you, I'm laughing as Leah is explaining what our programs do for kids because I can see our motivation to run these programs so that he will gain the skills that we want him to have. Uh, for instance, the, you know, the resilience that something with the prototypes that things are not always 100% complete. You can always improve them. He's great at saying, okay, I've done this. It's done. I don't have to do it again. Yeah. But we want to go back and look at that. Can you do it better? Can you improve it? So those are skill sets that we're trying to put into the programming, right? What's another example? Um, well, you know, there's Ethan's an interesting example, and I think a lot of parents can empathize with this. So being entrepreneurial myself, I'll look at Ethan and be like, come on, kiddo, like just pull up your bootstraps and take ownership, do it, right? And um, he's, you know, <laughs> what made me laugh is he came home from uh, soccer one day and he said, oh my gosh, dad, guess what coach told me? And whatever it was that he had said, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, Ethan, we've been telling you that for like a year. And the thing is, is kids are parent deaf, <laughs> right? And so one of the things we tell parents is that we are that other voice for you, with the sanity you are, are saying, and, and just to reassure parents, you're not doing a bad job. You're telling them the right things. They just don't always hear it from you because they take for granted uh, the information that comes out of your mouth, right? And so for Ethan, he does have his moments of being parent deaf, but then there's moments like just two weeks ago. So all of our summer camps had ended. Uh, we had some leftover supplies from one of the lemonade stand challenges. And Ethan found out he was tall enough to drive the adult go-karts. He was very excited, but we said, you know what, we're not going to do it this weekend. But he realized from his previous time at um, Build-A-Biz Kids that he could take this leftover lemonade supplies, go downstairs, start his own lemonade stand, and raise enough money to be able to buy his own ticket to be able to go and drive these go-karts. So, you know, the, the thing I would say to parents is just simply one, kids are parent deaf. It's not you, it's, it's them. And, you know, we can be their voice for you to instill these skills that those life lessons, like that's what we're here for. And hopefully we can add a few extra tidbits that maybe you hadn't thought of or hadn't come up yet. Uh, the other is give them time. They are paying attention. You know, gosh, you know, iPads are always a common thing these days, but it's incredible, you know, we'll be talking directly to him to say, Ethan, can you do this? And he doesn't hear you. But meanwhile, you talk about him thinking he's not listening and he hears every word. So they are paying attention. They will come around. It's like the child that maybe is, you know, two years old and still a little wobbly on their feet. Don't worry about it. They all catch up, right? And it's just about planting those seeds, giving them that opportunity to use um, their creativity and, and whatever skills it is that they have, and then they'll be fine, you know? Yeah, one more thing to add on to that is, as you're talking about these generations, I'm calling this the autoplay generation, yeah. because they have the next video coming out, they have the next video game starting. In you, just three seconds. Yeah, yeah, the next episode starts in three, two, one. There's a bit of endorphin <laughs> in that, right? Yeah, remember we had to wait a week for that? <laughs> exactly. So what I'm seeing is, 
we've got um, these kids that are going to school to learn what they need to learn. They're learning the math, they're learning the English, they're learning how to write. But what they're missing is they're not learning the why they need to learn it. And we're hoping to give them a why or help them find the why so that if they want to start a business, okay, I need to pay attention to math because I need to understand my profit margins yeah. so that I can you know, understand properly what to charge customers so I'm making money. Or we give them why uh, there's a, a social issue, there's plastics in the ocean, that's why I need to really pay attention to the science class because I want to learn how to get those plastics out of the ocean so that we can save these animals. You know, yeah. We're giving them the why so that they understand the reason to learn the how. I think that's so important because, you know, uh, our curriculum in school hasn't changed in the last 30 years, yet our world around us has changed incredibly. So I think having that why and relating it back to their world as they know it, then that helps them maybe be a little bit more inspired in school or a little bit more, pay a little bit more attention. And if they can see that they could, they learn these things in school, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. So I, I actually purposely didn't take math, regular math. I went into accounting so that could help me in my business and knowing that I was heading towards business. Um, so if they can know these things that they're interested in and finding out what they're interested in through exploring these kind of skills, I think that's so great because then when they graduate, they have a little bit better idea of what they're going to do because going to get just a regular old arts degree doesn't really get you anywhere anymore. It's like, you know, those more specific specialized training is going to get you much further. Um, so I think the skills that they're learning is amazing. Yeah, it is and it isn't. So specialized skills is a tough one these days. I've been to numerous um, panel discussions about automation right now. So people are concerned because there's certain industries that are completely disappearing and there's certain roles and levels of a business that are completely different, dis uh, disappearing. You look at even receptionists, right? Where you're like, oh gosh, someone's got to be there to answer the phone. Someone's got to be there to, mm -hmm. and it's like, no, you walk in and it's a computer on the wall and you, you simply go, I'm here to meet Joe. And then Joe gets notified. So a lot of um, changes are happening. And if you get too specialized, you know, if you're going to be a doctor and a lawyer, um, or even in robotics, yes, you're going to be specializing. But what's so critical and what uh, top employers are starting to say is they need someone who's able to come into a role and not be obsolete in five years, right? We're going to be hitting this, this interesting threshold where we're going to have all these people getting laid off in positions and in industries that are no longer relevant, that are now considered, were once considered skilled, now they're unskilled labor and they're, they're unemployable. But then we have all of this new industry, these new positions that are being created because of innovation and nobody there to fill it. You know, it's this oddity of we're going to have all these unskilled people with all of these crazy amounts of um, roles that need to be filled. What's going to happen to the economy? What we need to do is teach students this entrepreneurial mindset. So I do always tell parents, we don't, it doesn't matter if they become an entrepreneur. That's not the point. It's about teaching them the skills so that they can pivot through life and learn how to learn, learn what they need to learn. And if you're the person who shows up to work each day with a to-do list given to them, one by one, the things on that to-do list will become automated. But if you show up to work each day with no to-do list, then what that means is that the company saying, you are in a position to drive your own role. You tell us what you need to do to be successful in this role and to drive this company forward. And the only way you can do that is if you understand how your role impacts the company's bottom line. If you understand how your role 
um, affects manufacturing and, and the scalability. But if you don't understand that, you don't have that perspective, you will become obsolete. And we need to prevent that because we've got too much new industry happening right now and the roles need to be filled. I heard a great analogy the other day is that the traditional education system was built like a brick structure or give you a solid foundation and everything you need to know to succeed in this economy because this economy was slow changing but now it's changing so much our education needs to be more like a tent something that you can pack up and take anywhere and have success in any type of environment right um we work with kids as young as seven years old so if you consider that that means we have students right now that are going into grade three this week and their graduation grade year two. Right, graduation year is 2030. Consider that 2030, they'll be graduating. And one of the things that I like to think about is we've got entrepreneurs out there like Elon Musk. His big mission goal is to make the human species an interplanetary species. He wants to populate Mars. So he expects to do that in the next five to 10 years. So when these kids in grade two and grade three are graduating in 2030, they will have seen potentially um, the human species becoming um, interplanetary and having homes or locations on Mars. So that opens up a whole different world <laughs> graduating into with different types of needs in the economy. Like an interplanetary Uber will be needed. Uh, Amazon will have to be doing deliveries to Mars. Like you see the type of, um, problems these kids are going to be asked to solve when they graduate high school. Yeah, and the artificial intelligence and just, you know, everything's changed so much in there. And, you know, and the materials too that are not developed yet that they're going to be, that's going to be developed that they'll be working with maybe in construction or other things too, right? That there's just so many things changing uh, that it's really great. Just the, I like what you said about the packing up the tent and taking it to go. And I think some of the things you guys are teaching um, the kids there is exactly that. It's the it's the tent that the brick foundation needs to have the portable skills to go with you wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, one thing that we're excited about is with Build a Biz Kids and then the Fuel Academy being kind of the sequel, if you will. Um, if we do, if we're able to to have an impact on a child as young as seven, by the time they graduate high school and they're still with us in this, the Fuel Academy. 10 years of hands-on tangible experience. And, you know, I, I went to um, college myself. I'm a big fan of it, if you know what you want to do. But if you don't, you know, uh, by the time you graduate high school, having these kinds of experiential learning, you have 10 years of experience under your belt. And now education after high school is an empowered choice. It's not a pigeonhole, you are not Forced. And you can go out and immediately in high school, if not before, earn an income. You have experience under your belt. You have the ability to go, come and go from school. I think school in a college sense is really going to change a lot over the next 10, 20 years. Um, it's going to be, oh, I need an upgrade, you know, so I'm going to go and do once one semester and kind of just boot camp it, right? I think that that's going to have to fluctuate with how the world is going. Yeah, the greatest skill set to have is to know what skills you need to have so you can mm -hmm. and the desire to go learn them yes. those are the skill sets you need right to know what you don't know and to go get them <laughs> that's great so guys tell us how uh, parents can find out more about you guys and where to look for you online so buildbizkids.com 
Uh, Fuel Academy is launching next fall, so the website's not up, but when it is, um, it'll be thefuelacademy.com. And then in terms of all of the social media handles, they are all at Build the Biz Kids. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even on LinkedIn. Awesome. That's great. So any last words for parents out there, guys, or just sitting on the fence and like, mm, but I want my kid to just be a kid for, you know, their, their elementary school lives. And, uh, you know, what about soccer? What about all these other sports? So any, any last words for parents out there? Yeah, uh, this is, this is not, um, this is a, a life skill aspect, but depending on the age of your child, if they're between seven and 12, you know, a 10 week module, a 10-week program for them to launch their own business is just something to accentuate and, in my opinion, will offer them skills that will actually make them better on their soccer team. Now, they're going to understand teamwork and leadership in a completely different context. They're going to understand communication skills in a completely different way. Um, all of these skills are going to help to accentuate whatever it is that you have enrolled them in. And if it's something that they decide to continue to do, don't worry, having a son who's in soccer and baseball, uh, this does not take the same amount of uh, uh, dedicated commitment on a very structured, rigorous schedule um, as, as those are. It's something that can absolutely fit into anyone's schedule uh, if, if it's something that you find of value. I, I can't say anything more than that, but um, some of the feedback we've gotten from parents was kids as young as seven parents saying, I had no idea my child was this capable. Uh, I had never given them the opportunity to fail like this before, and I'm absolutely floored with what they've been able to achieve through their own ambitions. So it's really, it's remarkable to see what these kids can do when we let them play. And on that note, I got to mention just one thing if I can, sorry. Um, we also help the parents because that only happens when the parent is able to stand back. So we actually don't allow parents at the market day tables. We do not allow parents inside the classroom. We send them an email on how to accentuate on the lessons that were learned that day to help their child to continue to grow, but then to stand back and allow their child to take ownership. So we also kind of teach the parents a little bit as well. <laughs> Thank you, because we all need help on that. <laughs> so it's really cool to see, like I remember going to a market day with you guys and seeing some of the cool things that these kids came up with on their own, everything from bath salts to food items to jewelry to dog leashes to all sorts of different crazy things and I think it's really cool to see the kids like have an idea and then actually like have a prototype and selling it is so cool. They used to say it takes a village to raise a child and these days it takes a network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I like that one as well. Well, on that note, thank you so much, guys. Parents, make sure you reach out to Brayden and Leah and connect with them. They're just expanding their business all over the place. If you have any way to, they are also a uh, non-for-profit business, so any way to help them uh, get more exposure or get out there, any ideas, please let them know and connect with them because what they're doing is so important for our kids. So on that note, thank you, Brayden and Leah, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com. Thank you.